Good morning, everyone. It's a great group here to see. I'm so thankful that all of y'all are here. If you're visiting with us, welcome to New Hope. We are so glad you're here. We have an exciting service. Our youth is going to be leading us in worship this morning. We're so blessed. And if you see a collection of youth, some of our youth are down here. We just got back yesterday from camp. So it was a, a really wonderful experience, a great camp, and the the time we were allowed, able to spend in scripture and in worship was um, just incredible. That such a huge part of our camp was devoted just to digging into the word with other believers. So we're back and we're hopefully a little rested and ready to worship. I have a couple announcements today. Um, we have our women's group on July 12th, so that's Tuesday. Tuesday, 1030 or 6, so please come out with the women's group, and don't forget, please, to sign up for our church-wide fellowship. It's out there. Um, I would love to have to print more sign-up sheets. So um, sign up for if you want to have the meal with us, if you want to go tubing, or if you need a ride. We're going to provide transportation for some of you that need it. Um, all right, and I'm excited to worship with you and with Reverend Tim Hendrick this morning, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Abba, Father in heaven, Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you so much for a new day in you. We thank you so much that we have the ability to not only come into a house to worship with other people that love you, Lord, but we have the ability to take you with us everywhere in prayer, in scripture reading. We are overwhelmed by your love, your pursuit of love, your goodness. I pray that we not turn away from that, Lord, but this morning that we open our minds, open our hearts, open our, our focus to just tone right in, tune right in on you, Lord, on what you have for us, on the words that you have through Reverend Hendrick, on the words that you have through the singing, that we not waste a moment of praise to you. We will be accountable for so much. We, we are given so much to, ha to, to learn from. We have Bibles in our cars, in our houses, in our purses, on our phones. We have your words everywhere, Lord. We know that, that, that in the end what our accountability will be if we spend time in your word, if we spend time in prayer. And Lord, I just want everyone to really remember that right now that you are pursuing us, that you have saved us, the ability to be saved with you, and our eternal life has already started. And Lord, if we choose to not have that eternal life right now, we choose to miss out on so much with you, God, so much in this life. Heaven is a separate place, but we are here. And I just pray that each person in here chooses you right now to to flood through their day each day, that you are their first thought, that you are their first thing, and that during this worship, that you are their only thought. I give you this morning, I give you this time of worship, and I pray that we do it as a holy, respectful way unto you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all stand and worship with us, please.
between where I used to be and this reckoning I know I will never be alone there is another in the fire standing next to me there was another in the waters holding back the seas should I ever need reminder of how I've been set free there is a cross that bears the burden Another died for me There is another in the 
it all. So come with me in the space between all the things I've seen and this reckoning. Those that went to camp, this is going to fit in because I assume with the t-shirts went to camp. You're both worn out and charged up. Blessings on you. We may mention that in just a moment. Oh, and Russ, I hope you're going to turn this off and get back to vacation. All right, what are we going to talk about today? Russ has been leading you on a journey speaking about evangelism. The truth is, he is being an excellent pastor, equipping you with tools. I've watched in the last two weeks, and uh, I've talked to Russ about where you are and where you're going. I know that uh, you covered brokenness in the three circles. How many of you have downloaded that app? Anybody? Two or three? I will tell you, if you try to do it on the Android, you'll have to work extra hard to find it. It is easy to find on your iPhone. But downloading that on the Android can be difficult to find. So let's check, guys. Y'all found it? Y'all know where it? Y'all find it and help one another download that app on the Android phone because it's a little bit hard to find if you go that direction. But I will tell you, it's a tool. And he's giving you tools. I see here the coin. You remember he has given this out to you? How many of you have given your coin away? How many of you left it where somebody can find it? Well, you need to be doing that kind of thing. You need to be thinking about 
your kits, as far as giving those out in your community, to your neighbors, the different things that are within that. Every home needs to know about Jesus. Amen? Well, he's been leading you as a pastor does in this role of equipping you to be active in your life sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. But I will tell you from experience that we can have every tool in the box. But if we're not spending time with Jesus, we're not likely to use them. We'll keep the coin in our pocket. We'll keep the app on our phone, but never open it up. We will generally walk through this world like others walk through this world without another thought about salvation for anybody else as we move along. We won't think about it unless after the fact we've moved away from an encounter that God has appointed for us to share and we'll be on our way home and we'll say, man, that was an excellent opportunity for me to share Jesus and I didn't do it. Well, as a pastor, I will tell you, one of the most agonizing things is to move away from a, an encounter that I feel like God was telling me in my heart, and I didn't pay attention. And I didn't share Jesus at that moment. And many times I've gone away and had started praying, Lord, I missed it. I just feel in my heart, that was my moment. I should have shared and I didn't get it done. So, Father, please send somebody in their path who will be attentive, attentive to what's going on in life and who will pay attention enough that when that moment comes back up, they will share Christ with them. Now, I want to tell you, that's a great prayer for me to pray for you to share Christ. But it ought to be an agonizing prayer that we pray knowing that we should have been the one on that moment. Today we're going to talk about a noticeable difference. That's the title of the message, a noticeable difference. A noticeable difference is any time we or anything in our life changes to the point that we pay attention. That it just gets our attention just... You know, somebody comes in and, and maybe they've changed their hair, hair color. Now, if they change it a little bit, maybe a few highlights, a few things, you might notice or you might not. And guys, let me share with you, if your wife comes home with a new do, please pay attention. That was for you. That was for you. Don't miss it, Okay. Now, you might say, well, she just changed it a little bit. It doesn't matter. That was for you, so pay attention. But what happens in our life is we are so easily influenced by those we put ourselves in the presence of, those we hang around, those that we're with. We're so influenced by this world that at times we're not any different than those that were hanging around. And there is no noticeable difference. In fact, this morning, 
Uh, I asked Noah, I said, are you, I'm gonna, am I going to have to call you down during this worship service today? And he said, uh, I haven't planned on misbehaving. But then he said, I don't normally make the plan to misbehave as if sometimes you do. <laughs> so uh, I hadn't had to call you down yet. And he doesn't plan on me doing that. But you want to know his next statement? He said, it all depends on who I'm hanging around. <laughs> and he looked behind him, and I didn't catch your name, sir, but he looked behind him straight at you and, and made that statement, it all depends on who I'm hanging around. Well, the reality is this. It all depends on who we're hanging around. What kind of difference we're going to make in this world. All of us are being transformed one way or another. We are being changed into a more worldly person or a more godly person. And the noticeable difference is a difference that everybody sees and picks up on that is everybody but ourselves let's pray a moment father as we go through several passages of scripture this morning i pray that you will help us understand that we need to be in your presence often so that the noticeable difference that the world sees is generated from your power and your glory and that when we walk in this world, people take note that we've been with you. Father, someone's here that needs these words. Possibly all of us, including this pastor. Lord, help us to not only hear, but to be obedient to what you're calling us to. Help us to be clear in our thinking about what you're saying through your word. In Christ's name we pray, amen. This morning I'd like to begin with Acts 4, Acts 4, and we're going to look at verse 13, Acts 4. And verse 13 says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note, this is NIV, they took note that these men had been with Jesus. A lot had been happening. We know the story of Pentecost. We know the movement of God and what God was up to in those early days of the church. And we know that it didn't set with everybody. In fact, those leaders of the church at the time and leaders of society at the time, their world was getting turned upside down so much so that they feared this new movement, the Jesus followers. The Jesus people 
They feared them because they were seeing miracles. They were hearing of the resurrection, and they didn't like it. So they arrested Peter and John and brought them in front of them and did a lot of questioning. But one of the things that came out of that questioning session was that they noticed a difference. And they had noticed that difference when they were in the synagogue. They knew that difference in the street corner. They knew that difference everywhere they met these guys. Something's up. Something has changed. What had changed? They had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus so much that it changed their attitude toward the lame. I imagine that they had entered the temple on other occasions and the same guy was there by the door. They worshiped. So you know they had been there. And scripture says that this same guy had been there on many occasions. In fact, that was his habit all of his life to be laying there. But they had been with Jesus. And since they had been with Jesus, they couldn't pass up the opportunity. And he said, uh, look at me. And when he did, the guy thought, well, you know, he's going to give me some money. going to do something. And he said, I silver and gold don't have anything. But what I have, I'll give to you. He said, get up. I wonder how many times you and I have passed someone that needed a word from the Lord, that needed that moment of evangelism, the good news being shared with them. How many times have we passed them, but we have not been with Jesus enough to be sensitive to God prompting us, turn to the man. Turn to the man. So like all other occasions, we pass by. In the halls at school, it's coming back, you know. They give you a little break, but it's coming back. In the halls of school, how many times do you pass someone that's hurting? That's hurting. And you sense it. But... You know, we can be sort of shy about speaking up. Well, this time they didn't just pass on by. They spoke. The man was healed. The man walked in with them. The crowd gathered around because, hey, something has happened. There's a noticeable difference with the man. So they had the opportunity to talk about Jesus. And they shared Jesus with the entire group. They also shared that they were the ones that uh, had rejected Jesus. Sometimes it hurts, it stings. But many turned to Jesus because of that opportunity. But I want to move us through another real life uh, issue that began in the, New, in the Old Testament of what it's like to be with God. So if you'll join me in Exodus 34, Exodus 34, remember the theme is a noticeable difference, a noticeable difference. Exodus 34, 
Would you say that with me now that I've introduced that? A noticeable difference. I'm going to give you another chance. Would you say that with me, please? A noticeable difference. All right. New Hope. I'm going to move slowly through this. Would you say that with me? A noticeable difference. Youth, are they convinced? Is that sort of the way it does it? it look up. Is that the way it happens there? You better say no. You get a bunch of teenagers together in that little old worship center and uh, you max it out and then you start singing and they start engaging you in worship. That's not the way it happens, is it? You respond in mass and it gets loud, right? To your feet, everybody. To your feet. That means stand up. All right, some of you that were already nodding off, let's go with this. Repeat after me, a noticeable difference. All right, say it with me this time, a noticeable difference. One more time, a noticeable difference. All right, let's be seated and find out what a noticeable difference is. Children visible, marching through. They get to the place, Mount Sinai. God comes and tells Moses, I want you to come up here. I got something to teach you. He goes up. Well, according to the people, he stays too long. So after he stays too long, the people have this big party and they throw the gold into the fire and out, according to Aaron, out jumps this uh, calf. And they worshiped the calf. Moses come down off the mountain and uh, Joshua said, hey, I hear some music. Must be those youth banging it up again. You know? And he said, no, no, no. It's, it's not the sound of battle. It's not the sound of anything. I, he says, I believe it's the sound of singing. They were having a party down there, so he comes down. What they have, he sees this calf. He sees them worshiping another god because they've already said about this Moses, I don't know. He's been gone so long. We're, who's going to lead us on? So he gets down to the bottom of the hill. He breaks the Ten Commandments in a billion pieces, just shatters it, throws it on the ground, takes that calf and throws it in the fire, melts it up, and then breaks it up and throws all the ashes onto the water and makes children visible drink it. Well, God says, I got something to tell you. Says, I want you to go ahead and lead these people into the promised land because I'm good for my word. I told them I was going to give the land, so I'm going to give them the land. You lead them into the promised land, but I ain't going. Because if I go, I'll kill them. So he comes out and he tells the people, he says, we're going to the promised land just like God says, but God says he ain't going. We're a stiff-necked people. 
We're a bunch of sinners. And God says if he is with us even for a minute, he'd kill us all. So the people started repenting. And Russ, I'm sure you're going to move on to that repentance. People started repenting. But God had told them, I'm good for my word. I'm going to give you the land. You can go. But I'm not going. But then God told Moses, says, uh, I really am. I'm not going to kill them right here. You make some more tablets of stone and come up and we'll talk again. So he chiseled out some more stones and carried it up to the top of the mountain. Moses asked one thing. He said, Lord, I want to see your glory. God says, well, Really, if you saw me face to face in all of my glory, you would die because there's so much difference between us and God and His holiness and our lack of holiness. Don't worry, I'm getting to that passage of Scripture in just a minute. But he said, you know, I'll tell you what I'll do. He said, when I pass by, I'll put, my, put you in the cleft of the rock. I'll put my hand there. I'll pass by now. I'll take my hand away. And when I'm departing, you can see my back in all my glory. So that's what happened. So God gave Moses another set of the Ten Commandments. Moses proceeded to walk down the mountain, been in the presence of God again. Remember, Noah, he had been in the presence of God. Okay? Now, we're going to join God's people watching him come down off the hill in Exodus 34, 29. So join me. It's a good idea to have your Bibles out, by the way. You notice I just covered a lot of verses. Let's read together. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands. He was not aware. Now, a lot of times when you're in the presence of God, something that's going to keep you humble is you're not going to be aware of the difference God is making in your life. You may not feel holy. You may not sense the change that God is making in your language. You may not sense the change that God is making in your attitudes, but it's happening. It's happening. So he was not aware that his face was radiant. Now that word, when you look in the, in the text, I know these days we use the word radiant, and the NIV uses the word radiant. It's, you know, you can, you can look at your girlfriend at school and... Uh, She's got makeup on and everything, and some of you ladies are saying, you know, you know this is not, you know, this, this is your friend, girl type friend. Okay, you with me there? You can look at your friend and say, man, she, she, this is glowing. Now, y'all might not say that, but 
the advertisers say, this will make you radiant. This is not what it's talking about. The word that is used there is a word that literally means there were rays of light coming out of his face. I ain't never seen that before. Have you seen that? I've never seen that before. Well, they hadn't seen that before either. So much so, look at what Scripture says. His face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. Now this is subtle. Listen to verse 31. But Moses called to them and Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him and he spoke to them. When it says they came back to him, you know what had happened? They saw all these lights coming out of his face and everything and they ran. Why? Because he had a noticeable difference. You missed your chance. I'm going to say it again. He had a noticeable difference about him. Because he had been with God. All right? So, Moses called them and Aaron and the leaders of the community came back to him and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him and he gave them all the commandments the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. Listen to this, youth. Oh, I got a word for you on this. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been uh, commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. They saw a noticeable difference. Okay? They saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. Now, let me share with you that have been to look up Lodge. When you come down off the hill, you are noticeably different. In fact, most youth that come back from camp get quite frustrated with us old fuddy-dud adults who don't quite get it. Okay? And you will be frustrated. Why don't they have the joy of the Lord in them? We just experienced the joy of the Lord all week long. Why don't they, why aren't they like that? So energetic about God, you know? So the youth get frustrated with us old fuddy-duds until the mountaintop experience wears off and then they start fitting in just like they did before. Moses had to go back in the tent of meeting to meet God on a regular basis. And when he did, each time he came out radiant. You know what will keep you alive inside and out? Meeting with God. Now, fuddy-duds, 
You know what will keep you alive inside and out? Meeting with God on a regular basis. Every time he went in, he would come out alive with the presence of God. Let me share you a little bit of this thinking on this passage of Scripture. Why did God have this glowing upon Moses when he came down from the mountain this time? He didn't have it the first time. What made the difference? Well, I'll tell you what made the difference. Between him going up the mountain the first time and coming down, the children of Israel had sinned against God. And God had told them, I'm going to send you where I told you I was going to send you, but I'm not going with you. And the people went back to their tent thinking, God's not with us anymore. He said he's not going to be with us. He'd kill us if he was. But God called Moses back up on the mountain and met with him. He asked to see his glory. He saw his glory. He was affected by his glory. And when he came down from the mountain, he brought the glory of God with him. Because he had been with the Lord. And the children of Israel knew, God's with us. God's with us. He said he wouldn't be. We have repented. And he's returned and he's with us in the presence of our leader. Now what difference that that make in our lives today? We live in a world that often thinks God's not around. We live in a world that isn't in despair and sometimes feels abandoned. And we need to have a noticeable difference about ourselves because we've been with him so that the world is reminded God has not abandoned you in your sins. God has not left you. God still loves you. Paul in 2 Corinthians Second Corinthians chapter 3. This entire section, Paul starts talking and he gets off to thinking about and remembering this whole encounter of Moses and God. And Paul starts talking about the glory of God and how the glory of God was on Moses and he was shining and he had to cover his face. And 
Paul starts remembering this and reminding the people that the glory of God was on him. But then he turns to them and says, listen, through Jesus Christ, the glory of God is on you. And we got to understand that. All who believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior, the glory of God is upon us. It is upon us. And to a dying world that needs to see the glory of God, we are the best representation there is. So Paul is talking, and I'll just read a couple of verses outside of what I gave you. Bless you. In verse 11 he says, And if what was fading away came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Remember, Moses had to be recharged. And he got recharged by being in the presence of God. A fading glory. Do you know that upon those whom the Spirit of God dwells, you do not have a fading glory? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is power. And the Spirit of the Lord dwells upon all those who believe in Him. That includes you and I. Now, Noah, here's the thing. We're in the world. We look like and smell like the world. We're easily influenced. That's why it is important that a Christian finds himself or herself in the presence of God on a regular basis so that we don't look like, smell like, act like the world. Instead, we look like, act like, smell like the Spirit of God and Jesus Christ living in us. So, Verse 12 says, therefore, since we have such a hope, we're very bold. What hope? Our hope is in Jesus, amen? I told you to begin with that we're being changed, influenced, transformed. Well, our verse then is verse 18. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, and we who with unveiled faces. I wonder if he's referring back to Moses who veiled his face because he had a fading glory and he didn't want people to see that his glory was fading so he'd go back and get reached out. Yes, he's connecting it to Moses. But he says, and we with unveiled faces. Who's the we? All believers. If, you're, if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, don't raise your hand. I tricked you, didn't I? See, that was a noticeable difference. So, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory. And we who with unveiled faces we're not hiding it. We don't need to hide it. The world doesn't need us to hide it. We are with unveiled faces. And we all reflect 
the Lord's glory. How are you going to do that? Well, you've got to be one who goes into his presence. You've got to have your own tent of meeting. You've got to have your own place where you and God just have a sit down. You read his word. You pray. You have a meeting. And then when you come out, you may not notice it. But God is making a change in you. Because scripture says, I'll go back, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness. Being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory. Wait a minute. It can be more awesome than what they saw in Moses? Yes. It can be more awesome than Look Up Lodge? Absolutely. It can be a daily walk with Jesus that is a noticeable difference. You're a little slow. It can be a daily walk with God that is a noticeable difference. That's what the world needs. As God meets with us and we meet with Him and He changes us, He transforms us and He shines through us. Let us pray. Father, it's Your Word. You laid it out for us. Thank you. I pray that we will be influenced more and more by you and that the world will see a noticeable difference in us. Lord, make evangelism natural. Make it, Lord, so it's not a job, but a joy to reflect your glory and to speak of you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. What are you going to do with it? I gave you the what from Scripture. The so what is this. What do you do with a message like this once you leave this place? Do you meet with God? I pray we will. Amen. Y'all stand and worship with us again.
this for me. Love's like a hurricane, I am a tree.
yeah, he 